Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Here we are again for another Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts that bring a light to our world. I'm very excited today to have a wonderful woman on our show, uh, Gina Belafonte, who uh, needs no introduction, but I will do a little bit of an intro. Uh, born and raised in New York City, um, spent your life in entertainment and activism, and I got to meet Gina a couple of years ago working on the Into Action Project, and I'm so thrilled that you're on the pod today. Hi, Gina. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's been a while. I haven't seen you in a bit because we've both been running around the world doing lots of awesome things. So um, I was so excited to grab you for a moment. Um, I know you're super busy with all the things that you're doing. And um, I was hoping that we could talk a little bit about um, the activism part of your life. I know that's a very important part. And um, I know working with Sankofa and lots of other organizations, can you give everybody a, a little scoop into kind of what's going on in that sort of the world for you? Absolutely, absolutely. And again, I want to thank you for um, the opportunity and, um, you know, to have this platform and to share more about the work that I'm doing. Um, So currently, uh, I'm an artivist and I uh, work in the intersection of art and activism, using art as a tool to communicate thoughts and ideas and open hearts and minds. I am the executive director of sankofa.org that's s-a-n-k-o-f-a dot org and it's founded by my father harry belafonte and we educate motivate and activate artists and allies in service of grassroots movements Mm. um and equitable change and we develop and create cultural uh, content yeah uh, in a deep partnership with our artists and community partners. That's so cool. How long has Sankofa been around? Um, I think officially it's maybe five and a half years that we've been putting ourselves out there and doing our best to be on the front lines. We really started right after so much. I mean, I'm realizing we and also so many other act artists and activists started activating themselves and, um, creating agency for themselves and platform for themselves after the Trayvon Martin murder and especially after the verdict, um, the George Zimmerman verdict. Mm -hmm. But uh, many um, organizations were birthed during that time. Yeah. um, Like Black Lives Matter and Movement for Black Lives and BYP 100. And there's just so many organizations that have emerged out of that time period and Sankofa is one of them we began a bit before that but we really activated ourselves during that time period um, to be in service of uh, the grassroots that were emerging and the victims and families of just police brutality and those awful awful um, just murders um, that seemed to happen like one a month or um, that were really put forward through social media yeah and we wanted to find a cultural way to respond um to get the word out for people people to be more informed about the totality of the issue yeah. not just what was forward facing on mainstream media mm-hmm. and um we really also thought culture could be used as a healing opportunity as well to give more agency to the grassroots in cultural ways for them to express their trauma, their fear, their anger, and to empower them um, to find nonviolent ways to respond right. to the that they were facing. Yeah, with, there's a lot of anger and being able to channel it, deal with it, and move it into a positive swim lane is, is huge, right? And I, I think the, the I just read the, the Ryan Twyman um, who was just killed on uh, so sad and 37 bullets, right. For that mm-hmm. man. And so it's, it's something that, you know, I was a friend of mine, we were talking about it and he was like, yeah, you know what happened? I was like, no, it's happening right now. Like right now it's happening somewhere right now. And I think that your organization is one of those lights in the world that's helping people for sure. Um, 
Wow. And with with that, so I guess what are what are some of the ways that like I guess the programs that are inside it? I would assume that there's there's multiple programs that are inside of it, but like is there like a larger piece of it that that you're working on with folks? Well, we do our best to support the grassroots. So okay. gotcha. Often often there are initiatives, there are movements, there mm. are um, fundraising events, there are things that we can do in, to support the grassroots because they're busy on the ground doing the, the, the one-on-one projects and community service projects. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a few of our own that we do engage in okay. and Sankofa is in great support of, of many different organizations. We've partnered with the Women's March, Los right. Angeles Foundation. Yeah. I am one of the co-chairs of the Women's March and so we've been working very um, intentionally with them and finding ways in which we can uh, bring a cultural perspective to the work of women and the right. issues women are facing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sankofa and myself are on the advisory board and partnered with the World Human Forum, which is an international organization. It's a small group of initiators of various origins, cultures, and life experiences who are concerned about humanity and nature. And um, we've brought together uh, ourselves around common purpose to have a conversation around breaking down borders and to sort of responding holistically to um, all cultures and all uh, facets and places in need and to bring to light what people are doing in their communities that are really best practices and way that we can um, sort of use and um, and share different ways in which one can live and exist and have a whole human experience yeah. in, in their life. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there are um, where we get into direct service, where we get on the ground with specific organizations um, and, and artistic um, companies uh, to do very specific work. Um, we're a big support of second call, which is uh, second chance at loving life is an organization that works with uh, formerly incarcerated individuals as well as um, individuals in the community who are looking to find ways in which to create careers mm-hmm. and also to do uh, life skills programs, to do nonviolent um, direct action work and find ways in which to communicate and to respond to things that happen in their communities as first responders in a nonviolent way and to accurately um, sort of be accountable for their community. And they also have a great um, workshop. And then from that workshop, men and women find uh, career placement in trade jobs, union trade jobs, which is really, really exciting. Um, And then there are just so many. There's the Get Lit Players, there's Community Coalition, there's uh, Barrios Unidos, there's, um, you know, Creative Acts. There's just so many organizations um, that we work with. And then uh, last year, we were able to partner with uh, the Four Freedoms Collective um, and do the largest cultural initiative in U.S. history, um, where we did a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds to take over some billboards across the country. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time Kickstarter allowed an initiative to be multi-state simultaneously. Yeah. Wow. And we uh, requested $3,000 from each state. We hit our goal. Um, and we um, did a billboard campaign in all 50 states, including Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. And, and it was really quite amazing. I mean, the billboards um, really varied in their messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, War Freedoms is a, is a nonpartisan um, um, kind of space yeah so we were we we engaged artists all over the country and all over the world to participate and um you can go to the four freedoms f-o-r freedoms.org website and you can see there um sort of the initiatives and and what happened and one of the things that we did um 
for this initial um, outreach was to, Hank Willis Thomas. Oh yeah, came yes. up with the idea yeah. of reimagining Norman Rockwell's Four Freedoms, F O U R Freedoms, mm. which is freedom of speech, right? Freedom fear, yep. freedom from want, and freedom to worship. And so actually where we met at our interaction um, event, which is another way in which Sankofa and I um, sort of partner, yep. um, we did a beautiful photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And um, so we reimagined Norman Rockwell's Four Freedoms with the diversity of what America provides. Right. And it relates to... Um, how we look, how we present ourselves, um, how we eat, what we eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, that initiative was and continues to be extremely rewarding. Uh, we got the cover of Time magazine yeah. and we've had lots of really wonderful town halls in museums and community centers across the country talking about the diversity of our communities and the issues in our communities and folks that are living in ways that are not uh, conducive to a healthy lifestyle. So we have a lot of folks that we engage that are living in poverty and we talk about those issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the Los Angeles Poor People's Campaign is part of the nationwide larger initiative. And I've been very uh, participatory in that struggle as well to create platform for those folks who are living um, below minimum wage, who are having difficulties in finding a way to live in this capitalist society, um, and yet here we are and there they are. And right. so we have to get rid of the us and thems and become the we's mm-hmm. and work with our community as a whole because, you know, like when they say you're as good as the um, weakest link or weakest player in sports teams and things like that. I feel that way too. Like we're only as good a society as our most marginalized are. And we really need to create ways in which that we can um, uplift and find equity um, with our fellow citizens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That campaign was beautiful i didn't realize it was the it was called four freedoms but i saw it all over the place eleuthera and i talked a lot about it too because uh yeah just beautiful i you are involved in so many things and um the you know it's all about lifting people up and bringing light right and trying to connect and um how do you like just take care of yourself doing all of this work you're a busy woman and it's also you know this work isn't easy you know it's it's yeah. it's the tough work it's well, the you know what I mean like and I know it's it's if you love what you do it's not work right but you know how do you how do you find some balance in that in your life um you know I think that finding the balance is a moment-to-moment experience yeah. mm-hmm. um you know I think that yes it would be really nice for me to take a two-week solid vacation <laughs> and get offline right. i think it would be nice i think it would be more actually of a struggle yeah. for me right and so i would probably need to take a longer amount of time uh-huh. to actually like come off of the rhythm that i sort of find myself in my life mm-hmm. um but i so what i do my best to do is find balance in each moment yeah. and in the work that I'm doing to take a pause when I really need it to, you know, be as nonviolent as possible, (laughs) not only to others, but to myself, you know, to be less reactive and to be more, um, sort of suspending my judgment and Uh to take a breath. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an ongoing work. We're human beings and none of us are perfect. And, um, it's important for us to acknowledge when, you know, we're being mean or rude or cruel. And a lot of the time, I think that comes from not taking more time for oneself yeah, uh, and checking in with oneself. But I meditate. Um, I uh, play with my dogs. <laughs> um, I visit with friends. Yeah. Um, I engage in cannabis related activities <laughs> to help like my shoulders, yeah. you know? Yeah, sure. Um, and I love to dance. Uh, yes. uh, so that helps. Yeah. Those, are, those are all things that help. Yeah. Um, 
and I do my best to eat well, mm-hmm. you know, I, but I also like to, I like chocolate and, you know, I like, <laughs> you know, certain things sometimes to yeah. like eat and I like to watch certain shows on TV and yeah. relax and kick back and space totally. out. Yep. Agreed. Um, so, you know, I, I do my best to find all kinds of different ways, yeah. um, you know, to relax yeah. and to, to heal, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause in this work, um, there's a lot of trauma. Yeah, it's heavy. Which yeah. Not only do you witness, observe, and take on some of some of the time, but then it also sometimes unlocks your own personal trauma. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it's important to stay sort of present with yourself and gentle with yourself and give yourself an opportunity to really, you know, look within sometimes. Um and give yourself a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I you know, I think when I get angry about things, I I've learned to sort of not re- I I still react sometimes, but I I find that those are the things that I write about. Those are the things that I create presentations about. Those are the things I connect with other people about cuz I have to sort of channel that instead of holding it in, right? And I yeah, it seems like similar with you, I yeah, because yeah. sometimes it's heavy. I I did a presentation on fear and toxicity in the workplace, and my phone blew up, and people started you know coming to me and telling me stories, and I was like, whew, you know, like, and that happens when you when you do this work where you're like, okay, I I am I'm, I'm I want to hold space for you, and I'm a keeper of your story and your secret, but whoo, that's a lot, you know, <laughs> you know? yeah, like, yeah, for sure, wow. for sure, um, you know. I- you know, it's, it's, um, and I think it's important for us all to uplift each other, you know, and recognize each other and send send each other like little hellos and, Mm. you know, silly gifts and fun, you know, kind of totally messages to remind ourselves that we're, we're here. We got each other's back and, um, that we're not alone in this work, you know, completely. I, I, I've started something that I've recently where I was like, I want a kudos committee. And <laughs> I love it, <laughs> you know, and it's like reaching out to people in your life and being like, you know what, I need some kudos right now, or I need some like help spreading, spreading a message and being deliberate about it, you know, like, why not? Why not support each other when something cool is happening or important or whatever and say, I need you to retweet this or to share it or to whatever, you know, and build that for ourselves. You know, people sometimes do it anyway, but I think it's okay to be deliberate about that kind of thing. You know, and like you're saying, gifts and, and emojis and I don't know, little scarves. I <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever, <Yes>. <laughs> whatever it happens to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you know, know, it's interesting. It's interesting yeah. because um, most recently, um, I ha- am part of a group of women who. Um, it started out by by a friend of mine, um, Stacy Lynch, who mm-hmm. is the daughter of Bill Lynch. And Bill Lynch was a political strategist uh, on the East Coast in mm. New York. I mean, he was national, but he really focused on New York um, elections and uh, issues. Right. And um, just a great mastermind, really behind the scenes. Not many people, you know, um, who are not in the know know of bill lynch but those who are in the know know (laughs) how uh, strategic and important he was to so many um experiences in new york city you know and he helped he helped get mayor dinkins uh the first black mayor of new york elected and worked um very hard also on the um visit to new york in the united states of nelson mandela when he came Anyway, his daughter, Stacy, who's really wonderful, um, reached out to me and to another girlfriend of hers and just said, hey, let's have dinner and let's invite some other um, sort of folks who are in our world, um, other women. Yep. And so we um, we had this dinner and out of that dinner, we had more dinners. And then <laughs> out of those dinners, um, there were seven of us that emerged in a collective to create um uh, I don't even know what to call us yet because we're still in the process of figuring it out. But we're, <laughs> we call ourselves Daughters of the Movement. Uh, okay. And 
So it's uh, it's Stacy Lynch, Bill Lynch's daughter. It's Ilyasa Shabazz, who is one of the daughters of Malcolm X and Betty, Dr. Betty Shabazz. Mm-hmm. It's um, Hasna Muhammad, who is the daughter of Ozzy Davis and Ruby Dee. Wow. It is Dominique Sharpton, who is one of Al Sharpton's daughters. And it's Keisha Sutton, who is the granddaughter of Percy Sutton, who also a lot of people who are not um, East Coast don't always know who he was. Um, he was the creator of the Amsterdam News. He started a really amazing uh, radio station on the FM dial called WBLS. Um, but anyway, so his granddaughter, um, and then there's the daughter of Diane Carroll and Monty mm-hmm. Kay, and myself, you know, the daughter of Harry Belafonte and yeah. Julie Belafonte. Mm-hmm. And so we formed this group, and then we uh, decided that we would take our stories, um, you know, to a broader audience and see if there was interest, you know, for people to hear what we have to say, what we have to contribute. And so um, we've been doing panel discussions and speaker series, and we have um, just recorded our first test sort of draft podcast. Um, And we're really excited about, like, where we might go with it. Um, You know, it's all daughters of the civil rights movement and our families' legacies that we're bringing forward who played a, a big role in the civil rights movement. Uh, so that's another exciting yeah. um, thing that I've just become a part of. That's amazing. You just gave me goosebumps with everybody's names. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's so impressive and, and, and wonderful that you've, like, that you've found each other, you know? Yes, you know? absolutely. Because... Absolutely. Some of us have known each other since we were little. Right. Some of us met when we were in our teens. And some of us just recently, you know, really began a, a friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've all been sort of circling around each other as sure. well in terms of our families' connections to each other. Right. Because all of our parents know each other in one way or another. Right. And we're connected through either art or politics. And so um, it's just been a really beautiful um, process of discovery for for the seven of us. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, and it's, you know, in a way it's like, oh, right. Like, why wouldn't you, daughters of civil rights activists and movement, you know, get, it, it makes it makes so much sense. But at the same time, people live all over the place and have their own, you know, I, that's real, that's super cool. I, I can't wait to hear more and see more from you all about that. That's amazing. I guess. Yeah. You know, living, We're so excited because, uh, I mean, there's yeah. so many people to include. Right. You know, there's just. Right. So many people. So, so we're excited too to see where it goes and how we build and and what comes forward. From yeah, it. and who else is out there? You know that you can bring into the fold. That's so cool. And I, I guess you know, sort of speaking to being you know a, a, a daughter of a, a, a of act of activists. You know your childhood. I would assume was we talked about this a little bit before, but like um, like you, it, that was in your house. Right, you know, like oh, yeah. yeah. Will you talk? Oh about- yeah, I I yeah. sat on the laps and held the hands of all the aunties and uncles of the civil rights movement. Yeah, so many, so many. Um, you know, uh, my father and Dr. King formed uh, a very, very, very deep and close bond, and they were best friends yeah. in some ways. You know, mm-hmm. um, and my father and mother both. Um, created sort of a safe haven and a space and a place where many civil rights leaders could come to our home and just relax and let loose and feel like they didn't have to, you know, be on guard. Um, I mean, our phones were tapped, but we don't think our house was tapped. (laughs) Um, Wow. We were able to, uh, you know, really come and just relax and also strategize. A lot of the strategy um, of the civil rights movement, you know, uh, so critical to so many major moves was um, discussed out of our home. Mm-hmm. Um, you wow. know, and of course I was quite young, but like a sponge, I used to just, right. you know, do my best to keep my ear to the door and, mm-hmm. um, you know, be introduced to um, such iconic um, notables, you know, right. like Fannie Lou Hamer and um, Odetta and wow. uh, Dr. King himself, mm-hmm. um, of course. Right. And, um, Julian Bond and Bob Moses and Diane Nash and I mean it's just so many incredible um, incredible icons and yeah. you know my aunt who is my father's uh, 
youngest sister moved in with us um, when she was very young. And then she became one of the first members of SNCC. Um, and so, and she was, uh, until my daughter was born, she was my most favorite person in the whole world. <laughs> She's my second, she was yeah, my second most favorite person. Your daughter's person. lovely. Um, and, and so, so yes, I was just completely immersed in civil rights. And then on in her own right, completely, my mother is quite a force. Um, she is a Russian-Lithuanian Jew born in the United States on the Lower West Side of New York wow. um, and uh, brought up during the Depression, quit high school, got her uh, GED. Uh, she quit the music and art, the School of Music and Art, and mm-hmm. got her GED and then went to school at the Catherine Dunham School for Dance. Wow. And then became a teacher there and then became the only white member of an all-black dance company <laughs> Uh, that toured the world in the 40s. Um, So that was a a very um, unique (laughs) story, life to live. Um, Mm -hmm. She's 90 now and very much still alive and still campaigning for different uh, politicians, you know, out on the street, uh, registering people to vote uh, in New York City. Um, And she always was very, very political. And I learned so much of uh, what to do and how to strategize also from her. And she's the one who really pulled me in in a more intimate way. She would have me come and, you know, lick stamps. Right. Envelopes for the fundraisers or for the notices Mm -hmm. or for the petitions. She'd have me go out into the streets uh, for petition signing. She would have me help paper, um, lick envelopes, the whole thing. So I was uh, put to work very early in that way. And um, it's just part of my DNA, it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I just had uh, John Erickson, who's uh, uh, the director of public relations for Planned Parenthood on, who's become a friend. And we were talking about, you know, the strategy, you know, and the strength of strategy and that, you know, movements and change don't happen necessarily with just a, let's let's go put on a show, you know, <laughs> or um, that sort of thing. Do you feel like, you know, the, the civil rights movement had you know, uh, momentum and then also a lot of tragedy and um, with the deaths of, you know, Malcolm X and and Dr. King and looking at, you know, today in, in, in strategy, in creating change, do you feel like things are more together, more fractured or, you know, I, I sometimes I look around and I'm like, can we just get together and it seems like there's people who are like, oh, I have to lead this or I have to own it or whatever. And I, I don't know. I, I think I have a lot of people ask me about, you know, where, where should I go to help and who should I align with? And, and I often, you know, well, what does your heart speak to? And what do you, what are you passionate about? And go, you know, go to those kind of organizations. I don't know. Do you, do you find there's, there's a, a wholeness to this or, I mean, I know it's a work in progress, but I don't know, just your take on the temperature of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that you've sort of unpacked a lot. I yeah, think yeah. it's not just yeah. one thing. I think that as it relates to um, a person, a person's individual contribution, um, I think it's the same as it's always been in some ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of people often don't know what to do right. or where, who, who, to, who to trust and yeah. who to um, engage and who to follow and yeah. who to walk beside. You know, I think that... I think that was the same in the civil rights movement and, and, and it is in all movements. I mean, the civil yeah. rights movement itself also had a lot of fracturing and a lot of infighting and yeah. people agreeing and wanting to do one thing one way or another way or feel, other people feeling like one person was getting too much uh, of the attention. I mean, Dr. King himself, you know, at first was not really up for what he ended up sort of doing and how he sacrificed so much of his life, literally, mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. the movement. So... But I also want to say this, that um, we have a responsibility um, as human beings um, to treat people in a certain way and to make sure that our fellow citizens are, you know, living their life uh, as responsibly and as fully uh, as with choice as they can. And, you know, I think many of us, especially I'm 57, and I know I'm a direct uh, beneficiary, but we're all beneficiaries of the work that our parents and 
our communities did before us. Yep. They wanted, or at least many wanted, in their own in their own eye to make the world better for us than it was for them. Yeah. And in many ways, it did. And in some ways, in doing that, we uh, as a generation, you know didn't learn how to do stuff because I think in many ways some of our families didn't want us to ever have to do it. Right, yeah. They didn't want us to come up against all of the trauma and the, the, the disappointment and the challenges. Right. Um, not quite even acknowledging themselves the deep and great reward this work has, especially when you're building with people who you do trust right. and people who do bring exquisite imagination to healing and engaging people in a better way for all. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who want to like, you know, steal the mic, shall we say, or, yeah. or take over the mic or don't want to share the mic. Right. And I think there'll always be that. I yeah. mean, I think that there's a deeper need in the movement, I think, for mental wellness and healing for people to right. actually do the work as human beings that it takes to just walk through the world. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, the challenges that we face with, with each other are just a dynamic that we need to find a way to heal. And I personally feel that, you know, nonviolence is the way to go. And the first place to be is nonviolent with yourself um, right. and really check yourself. And the more you check yourself and see where your own shortcomings may be or your own fears may be, you can create more empathy within yourself for someone else who is maybe reacting sometimes the way you react or, you know, you can see an insecurity or a feeling that you can feel um, more connected to because you're acknowledging it in yourself. Yep. So, yeah, you know, I think, you know, we're all human. Yeah. So I think you know, some people are going to want to take the light blue road and some people are going to want to take the <laughs> aqua blue road and other ones are going to want to take deep blue or the royal blue yeah but we some have to acknowledge at least we're all in blue yes sure yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, we're um, monochromatically no, no political pun intended um but <laughs> right but yeah we, but you know yeah you know, we do things different ways and also i think we also have to give a greater awareness to the ancestors and to those sort of more ritualistic and holistic ways um, other civilizations uh, worked yep. and um, you know take a pause and um, say that maybe our way is not the way to go at this time and in this moment and what we have to do is live up to this moment as fully and as best as we can with what's happening and not force something else to be another way yeah I, yeah, I agree. I, I always sort of go back to my one of my favorite quotes from a very authentic person. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen from RuPaul? Hey, right? woman! <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, thank you for all of that. Yeah, I, I could listen to you talk for days. I really love connecting with you. It's so nice. I and and to have your wisdom and and experience um on the podcast for our listeners is so great. So thank you for that. It's terrific. Um I, I have a I have a question about um so Beetlejuice. Um, yes. Have you have you been to it in New York to see it on Broadway? Oh, the musical play? Yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. I have not. Yeah, I was but I know the film pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I was just, I was thinking, my, a friend of mine, um, who has also been on the podcast, Jim Kirstead, is one of the producers. And I was like, well, they're singing Deo in that for sure. So I was like, okay, that's kind of fun. And I'd wondered if you've maybe seen it or not yet. So. No, no, I haven't seen it. I mean, you know, in the film, they use so much of my father's catalog. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, for, for the film, which is so quirky and fabulous. Yeah. Um, that they choose him as opposed to, you know, someone, some other contemporary of his. Right. <clears throat> so I just love, I just love that. But yeah. no, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the musical. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Either. I think it, I, I think it won a Tony for something as well too, which was really fun. So, and speaking of acting and all of that, you know, you're also you're a working actress, and is are you doing? Uh, is that uh, playing into all the other things that you're doing right now? Are you doing anything in that realm? Um, actually, 
acting wise, no, not at this moment. Um, but you know, you never know what no. might come completely in a couple of hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know the happen. phone will ring, and I mean, yeah. I'll put it to you this way. I'm, I am, and it's it's hard for me to say it out loud, but here I am going to say it out loud. I'm okay. working on creating a solo show that oh, um, yeah. I'm going to take a few years to imagine and mm-hmm. put together. Um, so that is something that I'm really excited about. And I'm also a part of some really wonderful cultural initiatives that are taking place currently um like mm-hmm. i also mentioned the uh, 50 state initiative with four freedoms so that's an ongoing concern and um you know i just last night i was um i went to the naacp uh theater awards here in los angeles because oh, yeah. i was nominated for i was nominated for best director yep. for a show um that actually won best solo show wow. uh, lyrics from lockdown brian bain's lyrics from lockdown so mm-hmm. i'm super proud about that and I really really love the theater and I love directing so um you know acting is my first love if someone said to me you can only do one thing that will sustain you you Mm. have to choose I would choose acting because acting you can be so many other things and so many other people that you don't need to be anything else (laughs) (laughs) right yes as an actor you can take them all on yep um and and so it's just my first love, and I really feel so whole when I'm when I'm doing it. Um, but the theater and film, uh, through documentary, narratives, everything, just all of it. I just art, dance, music. Um, I want to do it all. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Being a theater major too, I was like, I need to get back to the stage sometime. Oh, you know. But but I mean yeah. you, you use your voice and like I speak you you're you're out there speaking and giving presentations and all of that so it's like the muscle gets worked but it is a little bit of a different muscle when you're actually you know creating a role but um, yeah yeah very very different. I mean sure. creating a role you really get to immerse yourself in so much that is not you right while using all of who you are yeah <laughs> you absolutely. know um, so it's super exciting you know that's to so do fun that, yeah to do that. I will be um, producing a really exciting project coming up um, mm-hmm. with the Get Lit Players. We're going to be collaborating on a civics project Ooh. that is um, creating 30-second to three-minute video content around civics. And we'll get youth, and predominantly the Get Lit Players, to uh, develop, write, direct, and star in these videos with um, the adults of Sankofa.org and Get Lit uh, to be producers on the project to help guide it in in that way. And so I'm really excited about that because I feel it really will be for all ages, but I'm interested right now in developing and creating something that is, you know, from our youth that speaks to our youth about civic engagement and about, about, the electoral process and about politics and about community engagement. So <clears throat> I'm really, really excited about that. That's awesome. That sounds amazing. So, so that no is actually all those amazing other things that you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. And exactly. I love it that you said it out loud that you're doing a solo show. We have to say things out into the universe, right? I, I do that too. Yeah. If I put it in my yeah. newsletter, I have to do it. Right. <laughs> um you know i i always like to ask um also um we we talked to you you mentioned moments and sort of sparks and i i like like talking about sparks with people and is there something it can be right now or way back that is sort of that a spark or a moment that led you on the sort of activism path like that like if there was one thing that you could be like pinpoint and go that was a moment when I was like, yep. Is there anything that comes to mind for that? Well, I think there were like several unconscious ones okay. because, you know, I think about as a child, like my mother working on, you know, a campaign with Bella Abzug and her running as a delegate with uh, for Shirley Chisholm when she was running for president. Right. And, you know, meeting Shirley Chisholm and meeting Bella Abzug and having these incredible women in my life that my mother, you know, uh, was the bridge to introduction to. 
Sure. And um, but I think really in my adult young adult life, um, I had already been sort of following my mother and father around with all of the major incredible work they were doing. Like my mother was working with the UN with this project called School in a Box and my father, uh, you know, initiated um, We Are the World and which kicked off Hands Across America and Live Aid and Farm Aid and all those kinds of like big events with a lot of really um, incredible outcomes to it. Um, but right after I had my daughter, she was about two, um, I met a man through another incredible femtor of mine, uh, Connie Rice, a civil rights lawyer, who's just phenomenal and amazing woman. Um, my father was getting an award. He was getting the Thurgood Marshall Award, and Connie brought to the event um, a group of young men Mm -hmm. and I was there and we were all sitting at the same table and this one guy who's sitting across from me you know he and I struck up a conversation then he came around and sat next to me and we just super hit it off um just talking about uh the work that he was doing he referred to himself as a gang interventionist Mm. and um I thought oh that's really cool um and so we uh got into a pretty deep conversation and anyway the night went on and it was over and we were all leaving and he turned to me and said you know I would really like for you to uh come join us in our community for our celebrity softball game <laughs> and you know this was in Los Angeles and so he said celebrity and I thought oh that's kind of fun I was like cool that thank you so much for including me absolutely I would love to right so he gave me the address it was in um I'm not sure if it, I can't remember now if it was South Central or if it was Inglewood. I can't remember which. Community. Right, in right. The Los Angeles area it was in. Mm-hmm. Again, two year old or two and a half daughter. And we went to the park where the softball, the celebrity softball game was. Uh-huh. And we come to the park and we park and we're getting out. And this man, his name is Bo Taylor. Um, he's the young gentleman that I met. He comes over and greets us, and we come over. And I'm looking around, and I'm, I'm like, "Huh, that's interesting." There's like a barbecue off in the distance a little bit, but I'm not seeing any celebrities per se. <laughs> so we go over to the to the you know softball diamond, baseball diamond, and I look in like sort of the two dugout areas. And he goes, "Come over and meet the team." And I go over with my little girl, and I'm looking at massive, predominantly all men, massive men tattoos on their necks and really really muscular and um if i had to guess knowing now i would just if i had to be like totally judging from the outside of who they were uh-huh. i would say formerly incarcerated former gang guys right. you know and i go in and they're totally beautiful warm loving how you doing striking up conversation then the game begins and i'm looking around and i'm still not seeing any quote-unquote celebrities <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking, all right, well, that's unfortunate. I feel so sorry for, for Bo that, you know, whoever he invited to come as a celebrity didn't show up. Right. So it's time to play the game. I go up to bat. I get a base hit. And then I actually, before I go to bat, I hand my daughter off uh, on to one of the guys in the, in the, in the dugout, like some big brother with like tattoos all over. <laughs> and the two of them are having a great time. They kind of bonded a little bit. And so I'm off at bat. I get on base. And then the next batter comes up and hits a home run and brings me home. And so I'm running into the um, into the dugout and I'm seeing these guys, big guys, just yell out, "Yay, yay! Look at your mom! Look at your mom! She got a home run!" And there's like in these squeaky little voices <laughs> talking to my two year old. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and they could, I mean, they're like, "Give me a high five!" and we're all high-fiving and we get in. Anyway, I turn to Bo and I say, oh my gosh, that was so beautiful. And I say, Bo, listen, man, I'm so sorry that no celebrities have shown up to your, uh, you know, to your softball game and to support you. And he looked at me, he looked at me like I was from another planet, literally. And he was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was like, well, you said it was a celebrity softball game. And so, and he cut me off and he said, Gina, look around you all these men that are here today that are playing that have come back home from being incarcerated or who are formally engaged in gang activity 
they are the celebrities. They are the heroes of our communities who are now turning their lives around and choosing to do the right thing. And when he said that to me, I looked at him like a deer in the headlights, eyes glazed, and just was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, it's, and the first thing that came to me was when my father told me about the first meeting he had with Dr. Martin Luther King. And it was supposed to be a 45-minute meeting where Dr. King wanted to solicit my father's support. And they spoke for upwards of four hours. Wow. And my father always said that after that conversation, he knew that he would be in Dr. King's service for the rest of his life. And uh, that is exactly what I felt when Bo said that to me about the men that I was surrounded by, that they were the celebrities, um, that those were the men that were being honored today and in celebration of. And I just was totally blown away by that. Yeah. And... So um, I think that was a real push for me and a catalyst for me to become more deeply involved and more deeply nuanced and, and even more deeply committed. Right. Uh, and so I feel, and unfortunately Bo is no longer alive, but I have been and will continue to be in service for his life and legacy. And I also do most of that work with second call and skip townsend um and the men and women of second call which is again second chance at loving life right. um and i would look them up mm-hmm. um at 2ndcall.org secondcall.org yeah. um they're a beautiful organization um they deeply keep it real and um i'm just so grateful that you know bo came into my life and that um he remains there and his legacy remains with me Always. Thank you for sharing that story. Uh, The air quotes around of service, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. That's amazing. Thank you for everything you do in the world and all the light you bring and the inspiration and grit. Because I know those those are all of the things that you bring. Um, uh, Last question. Um, uh, So I know there's a million people that you could probably pluck out, but is there anyone right now that you're like, I, this person is just making me so happy with what they're doing and inspiring me. Is there somebody or something out there that you're like, we gotta, you gotta check that out. Someone that's sparking you. Well, geez. Um, I know that's a tough one. That's (laughs) tough. There's so many, there's so many people I work with. Um, Well, I would say, I would say one person who I'm deeply inspired by would be Emiliana Guareca. Mm-hmm. who is the, uh, the, the co-chair of the Women's March Los Angeles. Okay. She's really amazing. And she also, sort of like Bill Lynch, is very quiet um, mm-hmm. about what she does and how she does it. Right. Um, but she's really, really fantastic and very inspiring. And I would say, you know, Skip Townsend at yeah. Second Call. Right. Um, he's just an amazing person. And um, all the men and women that work with him are, are really incredible. Um, you know, I would say... Oh, there's just so many. Yeah. There's just so many. <laughs> I don't even know. Where to begin. I know. I know. <laughs> you know it's okay. I, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know even um, traditional production companies and theater and theaters that are doing really important work around the country. Yeah. Uh, bringing stories to us um, and networks that are stepping up to airing, you know, uh, works that we really need to um, to see and to hear and to listen to because for so long. Uh, the African-American experience has been um, brought to us by the same folks who wrote the Bible, if you know what I mean. Yep. Um, you know, the, the true and authentic stories need to be told really through the mouths of the people that are experiencing them. Yeah. And um, even in narratives, I think it's important to have uh, oneself surrounded by the authenticity of the period or the incident or the issue and the people yeah. that were most affected by it. And I feel like there's a lot of, of artistic work and a lot of people who are, who are really stepping up and contributing um, to the opportunity for all of us to get more woke and more organized and more educated. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of really beautiful and great work out there. And I think yeah. that's why we see the counter of that in our current political uh, climate in the United States and around many countries around the world. 
coming to a point of such heightened um, conflict, yeah. shall we say? Yep. You know, because um, what's being it's being met with a really good amount of um, reverb, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be uh, to own that and to stay conscious of that. Yep. That there is balance in this work, um, and that we need to elevate into the consciousness of everyone the light yeah. and the beautiful things that are being done, and the, you know all the counter activities that are going on in support and in honor of the tragedies and the conflicts. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to just pinpoint yeah, one thing. No, of course, um, of course. But I will say my daughter also very much inspires me. Um, yeah. A young woman just graduating from university, having the privilege of having gone to um, you know great educational institutions, and she is really finding her way. And it's really <laughs> beautiful to witness yeah. and um, to be a part of. And um, yeah, just yeah, staying current and you know being a part of stuff. I, I know it's, it's just been so rewarding. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you're wonderful and amazing. And thank you for being on the show and sharing all of that with our listeners. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And always, I just want to honor the ancestors and those who have come before us, who paved a way for us all to be here. Yeah. Um, to share and to, uh, and to walk this path together. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Heather. Thanks so much for including me and offering me this platform. You're welcome. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Gina. So, everyone, that was a, another episode of Mavens Do It Better. You can find us on all the regular places, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And here is to another beautiful day on this big blue spinning sphere. Thank you. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.